Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of If We Can Just Say. As always, I'm your host, Jessica Carter-Ogle, and with me is my husband, Stephen Ogle. Hey, everybody. Hey. I feel out of sorts doing this episode today. A little weird. Um, yeah. We're, we're recording in the middle of the week, several days early. Uh, why are we doing that? We are going on our honeymoon next week, or next week. Yeah, I guess in two days we're going on our honeymoon finally to so, celebrate our third wedding anniversary. <laughs> finally, I mean we got married during the pandemic. We did. Which uh, there's an episode about that yeah. uh, that we've done in the past, and uh, that talks all about that. But uh, yeah, we got married during the pandemic, and it uh, you know everything was shut down, so we couldn't go anywhere. I know, and we didn't go anywhere in 21. Things were still stirring from all that 22 i just well 21 we did our reception party yeah and then 22 i just didn't feel ready to travel yet i still felt like not everything was fully open things like that so we waited another year because we don't want to get stuck not being able to do anything granted there's some some other surge of covid coming but i feel like covid and the flu are kind of going to be just like two things that are always there but yep. nonetheless we wanted to wait until we figured out exactly what we wanted to do and didn't see any kind of restrictions happening on being able to do those things. Yep. So if you're wondering uh, what episode we talked about our wedding, that was episode 21. So if you guys want to go back and listen, a good one. listen to that episode, that's our that's our wedding story of how we did that. And then we did uh, episode 27 was all about our reception Okay. and having our big anniversary and and having you know big huge party and all that so yeah. uh but yeah oh actually no sorry the reception was episode 28 okay we just celebrated our one year anniversary but on you the know what listen 27. to 27 too why not yeah why not? you know it's a good one too. yeah we talk, all... we, yeah so though episode 21 27 28 all talking about wedding and uh reception if you want to listen to those um and find out why we didn't take our honeymoon until now. Those are the yeah. episodes to listen to well, and I hear also all that. I just told them. But, yeah, yeah we, are, we are going to the West Coast. Yes. We will be gone for a week. Um, we yes. are flying into Seattle and driving along the coast to Portland, Crescent City for some Redwoods, and San Francisco. So, yeah, we're excited. There's a lot of logistics, and I'm neurotic, so I like have a typed document of all of our logistics and car rentals and all that and i'm also like i just have like a pit in my stomach i've never left sophia for that long and yep. that gives me anxiety but she's being left with like the most capable best person that could ever watch her which is my mother <laughs> so yep. oh yeah yeah so i know she will be in great hands i know my dad and brother will be over here and i know my mom would take just about as good a care of her as we do yeah. Oh so, yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. They'll all take. They'll they'll all see her and give yeah. her plenty of love, and uh, she'll protect her home. And but there's part of me that's great. like, I don't want to go. I don't want to leave her for so long. Yeah. I can't imagine mm. ha like being a parent. Like. Yeah, I don't know how they cover do all her that. ears because she is my baby, and she can hear me say that. Oh boy. Goodness, hurt her feelings. Yeah. I think. Oh, boy. Anyway, we're very excited getting yes. everything ready. We're both working tomorrow. Got to leave early the next day in the morning, but we got one more working day till we are out of here. Yep. And when we get out of here, that'll be super cool um, to go on a big trip. Man. I'm yeah. Just, uh, it, it's been a while since we've it's done a, a trip. It sure has. So. And too, like, I'm, we're figuring out packing and stuff. I'm used to, like, honestly, most of our trips are driving. Like, we drive to go camping with my parents. We drive to go up north. We drive to go to your mom's. And you can pack whatever you want. I always overpack to your mom's. I always bring a garment bag for, like, my shirts and, like, any kind of dresses and stuff. Like, I can't do all that. I can't, like, be tossing last-minute shoes into the car. Or I usually bring a lot of snacks and food for us because we're, like... We're not fast food eaters. We're not big junk food eaters. So Outside I bring of Oreos. I bring our stuff. And speaking of Oreos, folks, somebody had oh, the best day on Tuesday. I have been waiting for years. <laughs> four years. Five years? No. Four 19. years. They Nineteen was the last time that. We had 
the Red Velvet Oreos. They have returned. Oh, my gosh. We went to... Oh, my gosh. Three stores? Yes. Yes, we did. We went to three stores and found them. No, we went to two stores. No, we went to three. We went to Target. And then we went to Walmart. Oh, yeah. We didn't find them at the Walmart. We found no, them at we Kroger. No, we didn't. We've found never a- found anything good at the Walmart. And I went there just for him for that. But it's not we, my cup of tea. But we found them at a at a Kroger yep. on our way out the door after going all the way down the aisle, not seeing them anywhere there. They were on the end of an aisle somewhere. I, like, pointed. And, and he's like, what are you doing? He didn't see it for a second. I yep. thought there'd be, like, a light beacon that he saw. Oh, so I grabbed two packages and handed them to her, and then I took my own two packages, and then tomorrow she's going grocery shopping, and she will pick up at least, at a minimum, two to three more, uh, because they say limited edition. Two is plenty. And I want a a stockade of red velvet, because they may never bring them back. Who knows? I don't know. I I, will admit, I've got a few pumpkin spice on deck. If I have to be the person that buys them all so that they they need to continue making them then I, I i will i will take one for the team well as the financier of this relationship i don't think we're going to be spending our life savings on red velvet oreo <laughs> so we're they not are gonna... amazing even if you don't like oreos uh if you love red velvet try it it's great it's amazing if you love oreos the red velvets they're amazing they are good love i them. recommend the pumpkin spice those are also good are and also good. limited time yeah they will be gone soon we have yep. a stockade of those as well. So, uh, yeah, fantastic. Good times. If we ever got trapped in our basement, all three of us could eat. Steven and I could just eat Oreos and Sophia's got food down here. Yep. We'd be all good. And we got plenty of alcohol, so we're good. Yeah. So we'd be, have plenty of things to drink. <laughs> we although, do, don't we? Although, Soph, I don't know about the water sitch. We we got a sink. Yeah, so we have a sink. We, She'll be fine. We get her some water there. Well, there you go. Good to know. We're starting our bunker. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so what else is new? So we've got the honeymoon coming up. That's going to be a big deal. You guys will hear all about that in our next episode, I would assume. Yeah, yes. probably. Yep. So I know you've got a couple sports things. Obviously, we're not going to be providing any sort of stats or anything. Cause we're not going to know what's going on. We won't be here. We're not providing any uh, stats for sports. Um, I will say that, obviously, this week we'll be rooting for the Lions to beat Seattle. Well, of course. Seattle Seahawks are coming here, and we're going there. Uh, that's how we planned it. We don't how, want them. We yeah. don't want to see them. Yeah, so we're hoping the Lions uh, beat the Seahawks. In uh, college football news, we are, uh, we'll are we be hoping that LSU beats Mississippi State, that uh, Michigan State beats Washington, Tennessee beats Florida, and Michigan beats Bowling Green. I mean, I wish and so hard. Yep. That's you know me the, and my college football. That's the uh, that's the games this week, which all of those teams should win. Cool. They, they should they should all be victors this week. Although I'm sure uh, someone will lose, but hell to the victors, go blue, go blue, rock and roll. Um, in other sports news, I found a couple of things that uh, I found. One I found to be. Very hilarious as a football fan. And the other one I found to be absolutely ridiculous as a taxpayer. So the New York Giants. So here's a stat. No team has ever in the same season done the following things. Lost a game 40 to nothing or worse. Lost a sack battle of their quarterback getting sacked seven times and not sacking the other quarterback at all. Um, Turned the ball over three times and not got any turnovers from the other team. Um, Had a field goal blocked that was returned for a touchdown. And threw a pick six, which is an interception that got ran back into the end zone. No team has ever done all of those things in one season, yet the New York Giants did all of those things in game one. Wow. Maybe they were just getting it out of the way. I guess. That is insane. Like, those stats are insane for for the NFL, first of all. But <laughs> for the Giants to do all of that in game one 
is hilarious to me because I was not a Giants fan as a kid. So it's always funny when the New York teams lose because I wasn't a fan of any of them. Mm. Um, but they lost to the Cowboys 40 to nothing. Wow. In the game one. And I just I, – double hilarious for me. So that was funny. The other thing is taxpayers. So the Tennessee Titans football team is now uh, valued at, uh, let's see, $900 million. Okay. They're going to build a new stadium in which the taxpayers are going to be paying $1 billion in interest. I don't understand why taxpayers pay for stadiums. Why would my money go to that? What does that have to? What does that do for like the betterment of me and my community? So here's how it goes: In the span of one week, the Tennessee Titans team valued increased 900 million, while the finalizing of bond documents show taxpayers are on the hook for nearly 1.1 billion in interest payments as part of the team's new taxpayer-funded stadium. Why can't they just pay for their own stadium? Uh, if you look at Detroit, they're paying for Ford Field. They're paying for Comerica Park. It's they're still, paying for Little Caesars. That still doesn't answer my question. They're probably still paying for uh, Tiger Stadium but or Cobo. But why don't they just pay for their own stadiums if these sports teams bring in so much money? The only team in the NFL that paid for their own stadium and did not charge it to the state at all, Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. Granted, his stadium looks like garbage. It's a concrete block of garbage it looks awful and it's across the parking lot from the rangers stadium which is one of the most beautiful baseball parks in the country uh comerica park was modeled off of that stadium the same people built it so i guess i just feel like we've got bigger fish to fry in the country than building tennessee some stupid stadium they don't need a new stadium can't they just play in their own old stadium i went to the first game like that's what tennessee's got money to do that when they're all the crap that's going on in tennessee in 1999, I have the ticket somewhere. Uh, I went to the very first game in Titan Stadium with my dad. His boss had season tickets, and they had a preseason game, their final preseason that year. Uh, I think they were playing Atlanta Falcons, but their final preseason game was at home, and uh, he couldn't go. It was on a Friday night. His son was starting for the varsity football team at high school. So... So he didn't wasn't going to go to the game. So he gave the tickets to uh, my dad. So my dad took me and then a friend of his, Kevin and Kevin's wife, and we all went to that game. And uh, that was the first game in that stadium, and it's a very cool stadium. But that was in 1999. Yeah. So we're talking about a stadium that's like what 24 years old, 20 24 years old, and like. They're already going to build a new stadium after 24 years? Are they tearing that one down and building it on the same spot? No, because that would take them out. They wouldn't be able to play for a season. I guess that's true. So I don't know where they're going to build it. That's so stupid. And it's crazy because you can see it from the airport when you fly in. Like, you know, like it's near, like you can walk, I believe you can walk out of the Hard Rock Cafe and it's like right there. So like it's really close to downtown. So I don't know what they're going to do. But yeah, so, so the... Taxpayers there, and I, I follow some people on Instagram that are uh, from Tennessee that are really angry about the fact that they are they live in Nashville and they're going to have to pay for this new I'm stadium. I'm sure they are. So. Because no one, I mean, they just do it, and that's that. It doesn't matter. Yep. So that's my two uh, sports stories. What do you got in the way of your new segment? In the news in with the Jessica. News. Uh, well, I feel like that could have probably went in there, too. I um, saw that they released the new Apple phone this week. <laughs> Apple is such a freaking joke. Like, there's really nothing different about this phone that you would need to spend eight to $1,000 on. Yep. It has, like, a better camera, a different charging port that it should have probably had the whole time. But what do we care? Because we've got the cords for the phone we have already. Yep. And what? It, they took the mute button off the side. I don't know how... They it, took the mute button off the side? That's what I read. Oh, boy. Which So I'm like, well, how am I... I always keep that on. So I don't even know what I would do. And there's supposed to have some, like, 3D, like, camera option thing, but it's not even on the phones yet. It's not even going to be there till quote-unquote, the end of the year. So, I mean, we all know what that means. It's not going to be ready. Or yeah. it's going to glitch. Or you're going to have an update, and then nothing will work, and then you'll have a point two update. 
I just can't. I can't with this stuff. Like these, the cost of these phones is just ridiculous. It's crazy. I won't. I, 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 I decided this months ago. Uh, our phones are up for renewal. We've already paid for them. Like they're done. We don't make any more payments on them. And I told her, I'm like, we're just going to wear these phones out. Months ago, that's a bold face lie. Months ago, we were getting new phones and something no. happened like a couple weeks ago or three weeks ago. And you were like, I just, I'm going to just keep this phone as long as we can. And I'm like, yeah, that's what we should do. Like, I don't, I don't want to get a new phone. I don't it's need not, one. Not gonna, it's not going to be worth it. I don't need one. Not now. If something happens, then fine or whatever. But they didn't even make any changes, really. They're just re- they're just repackaged stuff to send it out. And I'm sure that either tomorrow or while we're in on our trip, we're going to get the new iOS. That's going to be the problem, though. The new iOS always, always, always bogs down the battery on all the old phones. Well, that's how they do it, to get you to get new stuff. Yeah, so I look forward to that. I mean, the consumer is like the biggest chump in this country. It's just big business, billionaires, billionaire companies, yep. CEOs, big business, whatever. Mm. Speaking of billionaire companies, can I add a little something oh, to your in the news? A company that's worth $21 billion now? <laughs> so it is official as of Tuesday. Uh, the WWE is now part of TKO with uh the ufc so many acronyms the wwe and the ufc is now are now together to be tko so the wwe oh is it tko it, what does that stand for total knockout I guess. oh my I, gosh that's what i thought i just made that connection right now yeah i don't know i haven't seen what it actually stands for no but that's other than I... total knockout but here's the thing so the ufc uh, sorry the wwe was a publicly traded company so it was on the stock market. UFC was not a publicly traded company. Neither was uh, the company that bought them, the parent company, Endeavor. Okay. I don't know that they were on the stock market. Somebody might correct me on that. I, I, I'm not sure. But the WWE was definitely on the stock market, publicly traded. So when this deal go, went through on Tuesday, they uh, had created a brand new company for all three to be a part of and be publicly traded under TKO. So now they're publicly traded under TKO, and it's WWE and UFC. Now, the fun stuff that I've seen about this is that Endeavor, they took the UFC and made them a like a pretty valuable company after buying them. Like, okay. they increased them big time. They're now worth $12 billion. They didn't buy them for that much, and they weren't worth that much when they bought them. So they okay. have increased their value, which is crazy. So that means the WWE is also going to get more valued. The cool thing, though, that I've seen is that Endeavor is going to try to package for venues where Friday Night SmackDown is going to come into your venue, say Little Caesars Arena in Detroit, but they're going to offer a package deal. If you'll do WWE SmackDown on Friday and do UFC on Saturday, we can give you a better deal. Oh. So they're going to package them together and put them together that way. It'll be It'll be interesting to see press conferences with UFC and WWE live. It's so funny to me to see Dana White talking about it because Dana White has said so much garbage about WWE over the years. Wasn't and Dana it's, White. Yeah. Well, we all know that he's garbage himself. He's garbage himself. But he said so much garbage about WWE and stuff. It's funny now because his company is now basically in bed with WWE. Everybody has a price. Yep. So, um, but yeah, there's a bunch of stuff I've I've been reading, but Endeavor owns 51% of the company. Um, Vince McMahon will still stay on as the company's new executive chairman. Oh, great. Dana White will be... Uh, have the new title of U- UFC CEO. Wife abusers and sexual predators come to TKO. Yep. Um, Nick Khan will still be the president of WWE, and Triple H will be still head of creative and answer to um, Nick Khan directly. Well, that's what it says, but who knows how it's going to shake out. Yeah. Well, we'll see You'll more see. about that. But, uh, but yeah. It's interesting. All the pictures online, I highly recommend looking up the pictures of Vince McMahon. He looks absolutely ridiculous. He has dyed his hair black 
and it looks fake as can be and it cracks me up every time I see a photo because I just think like wow I, somebody could not look more fake than what he looks with the way he's people dyed don't his hair realize and that how much that makes you look older like God, it's obvious awful. how old you are when you look like that if you just live your life and age naturally like all of us yep he just looks ridiculous anyways so that's yeah. that's my in the new segment what else you got um I well a little bit of strike update stuff. Okay, you you've got stuff too, but I saw online that they were doing um, on eBay. They had an auction called the Union Solidarity Coalition, and it's for um, memorabilia and things like that for you to bid on from celebrities and things like that. And it all goes to like the celebrities or the, I guess the new healthcare fund for like SAG and for all of that. Okay. So that's something I saw. I'm not going to be buying anything. I clicked on it and I was like, I don't really think I'm going to buy something signed for a thousand dollars, but good luck to you guys. Um, yeah, I, th- I, ver- I verbally support you, but I shall not financially support <laughs> you. I'm trying to financially support myself. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think that's pretty cool. I I like that idea. Um, I saw I, I I don't I don't remember where I saw it. Um, it was it was online though. So the guy that did all the CW verse Arrowverse shows for DC, mm-hmm. Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, Greg Berlanti. Greg Berlanti. Why Why do I need to know that name? No reason. <laughs> no reason. He uh, he donated. Uh, I think it was five hundred thousand dollars, uh, straight to SAG specifically for the lower income people in SAG. Like he earmarked it specifically to go to the people that that yeah. barely make ends meet. That's good. Um, and I thought that was cool. And and his comment about it was, you know, that my shows were made by a lot of these people, you know, yeah. and I'm I'm supporting them because I keep bringing my people back to my shows. You know, yeah. and I'm and I want them to still have jobs, and I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, Marvel Studios. I mentioned this a few weeks ago that uh, the visual effects workers were working on having a vote in in favor or not in favor of unionizing, and they unionized for wow. the first time. Good for them. And uh, unanimously voted. Good for them. So. That we'll see how that shakes out because that's going to affect Marvel Studios pretty big time. And what will be interesting is that the other dominoes fall and other visual effects artists start doing the same yeah. thing. So that's a big deal. Yeah. I saw something that, that once again, another reason why they're striking. And I, I saw this and I was like, man, the, this is just crazy to me. So the show Suits has become the first ever series to cross 3 billion minutes viewed over seven weeks in a row. Like the re-release of it on Netflix? Yes. Due to Netflix refusing to make a fair deal with SAG and WGA, those involved in suits will receive little to no streaming residuals for their work. Yeah. 3 billion minutes. Yep, that's... And they're not going to get anything. They won't get a thing. That's how it goes. Yep. That is absolutely insane. Also, uh, the SAG board voted unanimously to send the strike authorization for the video game industry. Yeah, I saw that. That's going to be interesting. Also, the other big story I saw was that um, uh, Drew Barrymore has decided to restart her show without writers. Now, here's the thing about that. Her show is not under WGA. Um, it's not under the rules. Okay. Because it's a talk show. Yeah. But the writers that were on her show are part of WGA. Yeah. So if they work for the show, they're crossing the line, which they're not going to do. So she's doing the show now without WGA writers. Now, I've seen a lot of the writers... Is she doing it with scab writers or no writers? No writers. So her, she herself and her producers are going to basically be the scab writers. And what I've seen from several writers is is that basically what you're saying is, is that you can do your job, do our job better than us. Yeah, I feel like she's... It's a catch-22 situation because she said that, you know, there's other people that are affected by this strike that also need to work, which I totally get that. 
But once again, but at the end of the day, you're writing. So you're a scab. Yes. You've turned yourself into a scab. Yes. When you're a part of, she's got to be a part of SAG. Yes, but it's also not under SAG jurisdiction Yeah, but I'm either. saying, though, she... I, I... But the interesting thing, so her show, for example, she could have Kevin Smith on the show. Kevin Smith, being an actor, he can't talk about any of the work he's ever done or future will do. Yeah, so I don't Because know. according to the strike, they can't talk about their work. Yeah. So... I don't know. I think that's tricky. A, I think... Yeah, it's very tricky. I mean, I, I think she just looks like she's not standing with... And if she's so worried, and I, she's, she has money. If she's so worried about her crew and stuff, she could provide some kind of compensation for them. Yep. She so, could. She could do that. Or um, she could join or she the. Could, or she could donate to, and that money would get dispersed. Like she could do a lot of things other than become a scab writer. Or she could stand in solidarity with her coworkers. Yeah. And take down the big companies mm-hmm. that are the cause of the problem it's just like we talked about the Ticketmaster thing and yeah. zach bryan tickets and i said i don't understand why someone like taylor swift with all her research i mean taylor swift sued Ticketmaster, but what did that do i don't know so it's like yeah. with all your resources you could create your own ticket website that you monitor and other artists could use i mean that oliver anthony guy he had concerts at small venues he wanted his tickets to be like forty dollars the venue apparently controls that and was charging like a hundred dollars and he canceled his shows and was like i don't want people paying this like this is ridiculous this isn't what we wanted we're trying to find another venue and you know people in the comments were like if taylor swift can't take care of this then how are you going to and it's not that taylor swift can't if taylor swift wanted to she could and this is nothing bad against taylor swift i think she's wonderful but i mean i don't know her so whatever image she presents i feel like is wonderful but she could take it on she could take on Ticketmaster, and she would win so it's like those Zach Bryan tickets for like $800. Like, are you kidding me? Like I saw a tweet. Somebody was like, this guy thinks he's Beyonce out here charging this, this money. And like, I'm like, this is insane. And so it does go to show even with that Oliver Anthony, how when you book a venue and when you're selling tickets, you as the artist are so far removed from any prices of those tickets that you have no idea. One, that's power that the artists need to take back. Yep. Because the artists are the one with the power. It's like the majority is the artists and there's like one place selling these tickets. The majority is the American public and there's few there's, you know, certain pockets of people like fight back. We have to fight back. Like this is what I don't understand. Create another platform. Rival Ticketmaster. I I saw a thing that was uh Nirvana being interviewed and they were talking about ticket prices. And, and so what year was that? That was, it was 92 yeah. or 93 or something like that. And they said something to, uh, he said something to, about the ticket being $80 and the look on Kurt Cobain's face. It's just like, it's like the blood fell out of his face and he was just like, what? Yeah. 80, he's like $80? Like mm-hmm. $80 for a ticket? Yeah. What? Like an eighty dollars for a ticket now if you're lucky. Yeah. And that's not gonna include all the fees Ticketmaster has about twenty dollars of fees per ticket and the dynamic pricing which shouldn't be allowed and like just all of this nonsense. Yeah, it is uh it's gotten out of control. It's pretty crazy. Well, I did want to add a Florida man section to the <laughs> in the news, and Stephen found me a Florida man article. And we all know that Florida man doesn't necessarily mean Florida; it just originated in the cesspool of our country yeah. for stupidity. So, Florida man is more of just an umbrella term now for idiots. Stephen, yeah. what did you find last Friday? Uh, this post is date, dated September first, so I guess this is a little bit older than yeah, what than that's what fine. I knew. But I never found I never I heard about the incident, but I never found the details. They didn't know at the time what actually happened. But you found out. Yep. So this is technically, I guess this is two weeks ago. Um, A woman snuck a handgun 
into a White Sox baseball game by hiding it, and I quote, in her belly fat. So belly fat, like the metal detector can't get through belly fat? I guess. During the fourth inning, the gun accidentally discharged, shot the woman in her own leg, and grazed another woman in the abdomen. Wow. The woman who snuck the gun into the game went to the hospital, and the woman who was grazed seemed to be fine, refused medical treatment. What? Did she press charges? Because I would have pressed charges. I don't. Although Fat Folds probably doesn't have a lot of Fat Fold gun smuggler. The lack. Like, why would you need a gun at the game? And who would even think, like, oh, I'm going to hide this thing under my boob or something. We're watching a TV show right now called Fringe. One of the characters on the show, they talked about his IQ being 190. If you are carrying a handgun hidden in your belly fat into a baseball game, your IQ has got to be 30. I want somebody who runs a metal detector. I'm assuming there's a metal detector at Sol- at what is not Soldier Field. What uh what where do the White Sox play? Oh, I don't know where they I, play. I can't remember because now I can only think Soldier Field, which isn't baseball. But nonetheless, I can't imagine they don't have metal detectors. There me- there's metal detectors at every venue. How on earth does belly fat conceal how much? How- I don't know because if she could do that for a baseball game, one would think she could do it to get on an airplane for anything. But that's crazy. Like, I don't understand. Speaking of which, when Ricky and I went into the U of M game last week, there was no metal detectors. Was there last year? No. Maybe they don't have them. They're they're supposedly working on it for next season. Mm. But I was shocked. That's probably one of the only venues around here that doesn't. Didn't we go somewhere else recently? There was a hundred and... That didn't have a metal detector? I don't know. But there was 109,000 people in there, and I didn't have to empty my pockets. And so that, those clippers were safe. You are absolutely cl- right. I I'm, looked at Ricky, and I said, dude. And he was like, he's like, man, I knew exactly what you were going to say. And he's like, and you're right. He's like, when I listened to that episode, I was like, he was like, you're right. There's, they should not have taken your fingernail clippers. That's uh, the dumbest thing ever. It is dumb, but let's not get him started. So keep in mind what's in your pockets when we get on our flight Saturday. Oh, gosh, yeah. Because I, I, I don't need I gotta a throw a bunch TSA of, situation. I got to throw everything into my backpack so they'll leave me alone. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, so that's, that's yep. all I've got there. We've got... Um, Album anniversaries and then a small entertainment section. So let's yep. get let's get going on these album anniversaries. So I barely had enough time to listen to anything, and there's 70 albums on the list. There's so there's, we're gonna go through them quick. There's quite a few on here. We have um, uh, a couple of firsts in there. Um, Neil Young's "After the Gold Rush," 53 years old. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent album. Ni- 1970. Uh, that's my favorite Neil Young. That's album. like the epitome of '70s sound. I feel yep. like some of that, like Neil Young. Oh yeah. Yep. I I love that album. That was an album that I got brought up on. My dad was like, "You have to listen to this album." Yeah. And yeah. Do we have that on vinyl? I don't think we do. I don't think so. No. Ooh. We might have Harvest on vinyl, but I don't think we have After I the Gold Rush. I think it is Harvest. Yeah, which Harvest is another good album. But yeah. After the Gold Rush is fifty-three years old. That's his third oh. album. So, That's crazy. Yep, real crazy. Um, Kenny Wayne Shepherd. We've talked about seeing him on this podcast. Yeah. His first album, Lead Better Heights, came out twenty-eight years ago, nineteen ninety-five. Is that the album he was playing when we saw him? No, the album he was playing there was Trouble Is the second album. His, his second album. Yeah. But, okay. uh, Lead Better Heights. Uh, Lead Better Heights. Uh, it's got Deja Voodoo on it. Uh, man, such a born with a broken heart. Like. Great, great album. Good blues album. Love it. 1995. I was 15 when I got this album, and I just, I was ecstatic because there was somebody a year older than me playing music like Stevie Ray and Hendrix. Yeah, and I loved it, man. And and I always like Kenny Wayne Shepherd. He's he's got he announced he's got a new album coming out. I'm looking forward to that. He was great live. Um, 2000. A little bit of the Hangover from 90s Alternative. Fuel. With something uh, like human, yeah, uh, I saw hemorrhage. them open for Aerosmith. Uh, I would have loved to see them during this time because I I love something like human. It's such a great album. It's got hemorrhage on it, and I've been I literally I've right now I can I can hear that song in my head. It's just been stuck in my head for like a month or two now. So um, great album, but that's their second album. Fuel was so good though, man. But like I said, Hangover from the uh, '90s alternative, definitely, yeah. Uh, we saw Glenn Hansard a few weeks ago. Yeah. His second album, Didn't He Ramble? 
eight years. Excellent album. Yes. Yes. Yeah, this one's great. Uh, there is so, so many good things about this album. Um, so many good stories, lyric-wise. Um, just man. yeah, he's a storyteller. Yeah. You can picture it all, like yep. when you're listening. Yeah, yep. beyond the, uh, I believe it. I believe one of the uh, first song on the album, I believe, is called "Beyond the Pines." Yeah, such a such yeah. a great album, man. Love it. Uh, band we talk about a lot, which I'm going to get to see again with Ricky, "Fit for a King." The day uh, he's going to a concert the day after we get back. Yep. I plan to be comatose that whole day. <laughs> yep. Coming back, going to see them and uh this album, uh The Path. It's their sixth album that came out, uh having its third year anniversary. Uh, such a great album. Uh God of Fire. Uh man, I just I love this album. I love everything about it. It's such a good one. Um, Mumford and Sons, Babel, mm. two thousand and twelve. Like their second album. I do prefer Sign No More. That's my favorite one. I'm not gonna lie. But Babel's not bad. I that was my first album and I got into them because my dad was like, You've got to hear this band. And this was the album he gave to me. They do have a unique sound. Like when we were watching Ted Lasso, yeah. I'm like like um Mumford did a lot of the soundtrack for it and a yeah. lot of songs and you can hear it. And I do I do love their overall sound. Yeah, this is the album that's got uh, "Lover of Light," uh, "I Will Wait." That's yeah. that was the big one that, that was, was on the, the radio. Yeah, um, man, what a what a great album! And then there's a deluxe version of that album called "Gentlemen of the Road," which has mm. got a live disc on it as well, so or live extra album, which is pretty good. Um, Nirvana, 1993, mm. in utero. I just listened to it, re-listened to it the other day. Man, like I'm ready. I need to find something Nirvana in Seattle. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, Nirvana, we're going to do something in a couple of weeks that has to do with uh, 90s alternative and has to do with Nirvana, but, yeah. uh, but, and with a different album. But I have to say, their song on this album called Tourette's, and I have two covers of this song one by 68 and one by Every Time I Die. Mm. And, I I listened to Nirvana's version because I haven't listened to their version in so long. So I listened to it today, and it's both covers are such good homages to Nirvana. It still has that raw analog sound yeah. to it, like so good. Of course, All Apologies was everywhere after yes. Kurt Cobain died. So was Heart Shaped Box. Yep. Like that album is it's a great album. It's it's amazing. Like Nirvana was great, but we'll talk more about them in a couple of weeks. Um, Green Day, American Idiot, two thousand four. I listened to this the other day while I was mowing the lawn. I it is crazy that when this album came out in two thousand four, I was like, oh, screw Green Day. They're they sold out. They sound like garbage now. I love Green Day now. Everything that Green Day has done, I have listened to in the last two months, and I love all of it. Maybe I don't I'll know why I ever hated it. them. I do have American Idiot in my head instantaneously. Yep. Um, but I like Dookie. That's my... I, 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 to this day, I will never understand why I ever talk garbage about Green Day. I it's love just it. the time. It's just who you are in the time of your life. It's all about timing. Timing is big with music. Like yeah. the way your, your tastes grow and evolve when you have more life experience, when you're in different places or certain places. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it, it's a good album. It's a good album. It plays through this. It's weird because the second song on the album is actually three songs mm. that are all together on one track. So it's like seven minutes or eight minutes long. Interesting. Um, but uh, man, it's, it's a fantastic album. Highly recommend American Idiot. 1998, Goo Goo Dolls, Dizzy Up the Girl. Love this album. I listened to this the other day. I forgot how much I love this album, how good it was, how much I loved Black Balloon. Oh, my God. Apparently, that was my jam. Because when it first started, I was, like, transported, and I had to restart it and turn it up. And, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I love, I love it. It has such a good um, – the album flows together, but it has a – there's a lot of different sounds on it. Like, they have ballads. They have – like, it's just – it's kind of an eclectic mix of songs, but it works. The Goo Goo Dolls were, um, they did something that um, Dashboard Confessional did later on and and capitalized on, and that was they did different tunings with their acoustic guitars. Mm. And so they got different sounds out Maybe of stuff. Maybe that's it then, because they, they do yeah. have a lot of different... 
Yeah. Though I did see they're touring again, and Johnny Resnick looks like... He looks plastic. Yeah, like how Michael Jackson looked after he turned white and got a new nose is what Johnny Resnick like reminds me of. Ooh. But yeah, uh, Slide is my song off of there. Speaking of uh, white nose, uh, Noah Gunderson's White Noise ah. album came out uh, six years ago. That's a good album. And that's his first electric album. Um, that album came out at the perfect time for me in 2017. See, I got exact, I got to see timing, him. Yeah, I got to see him play this entire album live. He did a couple of songs in the middle. And uh, I, I had no idea that he was going to play it live. I was just like, I have to see Noah Gunderson. I've never seen him live. And I had not listened to this album. I had bought it, but I was like, ah, I'll just, he'll play a couple songs live and it'll be fine. And then I'll listen to the album on the way home. And he played the whole thing live. And I loved every second of it. Mm, he nice. is so good live, but this album is just, it's a mood, it's a vibe, and it flows from song to song. I highly recommend uh, White Noise. Good album. Two albums, one an EP, one a full album by Tyson Motzenbacher. This guy is in that Noah Gunderson range of singer-songwriter yeah. that I love a lot. Elmira EP and Milk Teeth. Elmira EP I like. You've heard, you've played that a lot. I liked Milk Teeth, but Milk Teeth is a real mood. And he wanted me to listen to some of these albums before. And I was not in the mood that is Milk Teeth. So... <laughs> I liked it, but I was like, I am not in the mood for this like slow, mellow singer songwriter. I need more like yeah. in this moment. Yeah. So it depends on your mood. Yeah, you have to be you have to be ready for it. But it is it's deep. It's a it's a thoughtful album. It's, yeah, it's good stuff though. Um, one of my favorite bands of all time. Um, they released an album in two thousand two. That was very ahead of its Project time. Project 86. Project 86. I didn't know that was going to be the answer, guys. But when he said one of my favorite bands of all time, I thought I would shoot my shot and take a guess. Truthless Heroes was an album ahead of its time. It's an album about corporate, about corporate taking over, media taking over, and how it's uh, basically going to bleed you dry. And like one of the songs yep. is literally like. Um, uh, basically, be like, how much? How much more do you need from me? And it's everything. And it's a story-driven album, so it's following a person. Yeah. And it is, man. I mean, it's got a song in the middle uh, called uh, SMC, which is about Sunday morning church, is what it's called. But it's about televangelists uh, and and the corruption behind televangelists, uh, scam artists, scam artists. Um, they got a song called "Your Heroes Are Dead." which is basically talking about um, anytime anybody references like old people that were leaders and that were in charge and you know, yeah. puts them up on these pedestals. Well, like all your heroes are dead, you know? Um, so there's that. Um, and then there's a song at the end called hollow again. That um, is just, it, it's so good. Um, it's, it's just a vibe. It, there's a couple of interludes in between, um, there's a song called, uh, boredom movement, mm. which is basically once again about media and how it's just so much being thrown at you. And this was in 2002 when the internet was still a baby. Yeah. And this, like they had a website for it, like the cover, you'll see the cover when we put it I up. I mean, everyone knew this crap was going to happen. Yeah. People, uh, but no one cared. Yeah. And their, their last album they're doing is called Omni and it's, basically a 20 years later sequel to this album and it's I was just going to say I wonder what they think now. Yeah, it's insane. And then the final album I have on the list um is from 1991 the second album from Nirvana, Nevermind. Mm. Which I mean, come on. Excellent. Smells like Teen Spirit. Yeah. What? I listen to that as well this uh, album. This this that's my favorite Nirvana album is Nevermind. I yeah. I like In Utero. In Utero was good. Nevermind is my favorite. But too. Nevermind, uh, come as you are. Lithium in yeah. bloom. In bloom has probably one of the coolest uh, drum parts for an intro. Obviously, smells like Teen Spirit is yeah. You know everybody's favorite Nirvana song that was on the radio. Uh, mine is more of the In Bloom. But then you get Come as You Are, which has got this. 
I don't know, man. It's almost like uh, it's almost like they pulled out something from like heart for a guitar line from mm. like that kind of style yeah. music and put that. it in. For, do, 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 yeah. do. It's a mood, man. It's, oh man, I love Nirvana. Such good stuff. Can't well, wait to go to Seattle. Definitely, I agree with you. We have to get something. I I, I, I got to get something probably for the man cave that's Nirvana or, or a shirt or something because I've, I've never gotten anything like that. But uh, man, Nirvana something. is very, uh, very influential it's, on me in my teens. That's for sure. It's funny because I think Seattle's the only place that we have like a list of things we want to try to get in in the <laughs> like day and a half that we're there. Whereas yeah. everywhere else we're like, okay, we'll figure it out. I mean, the Redwoods will be the Redwoods. That's right. obviously what we'll do there. And in yeah. San Francisco, there, there's a like a place I know I want to eat, but that's about it. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll figure it out. It'll be a lot of like, it's not so much the destination, but the journey for us. There'll be a lot of oh, driving yeah. for places. And that was part of what we wanted to do. We like road trips and being on the PCH yeah. for a few hours. I can't wait, man. Yeah. That's just going to, that's going to be amazing. Well, for our final segment of today's episode, Stephen, would you like to... Yeah, so um, a year ago, wow, I should have pulled this up and had this ready to go. I apologize. Let me scroll real quick. I don't even know where you're going with this about a year ago. Um, da, 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 okay, well, that's our hold music, y'all. Wasn't that beautiful? <laughs> I don't even know what he's looking up. Um, How about that weather we're having? <laughs> We did an episode, I got to find the number. I don't remember the number. Um, we did an episode that was Batman-centric. Who's your Batman? And I can't remember the episode number that that was. But we did that episode, and that was fun. And we haven't done anything like that in a very long time since we did that episode. And I want to say we did it around Batman Day last year, which would have been a year ago. But now I'm having a hard time finding it, so I should have found it before the episode started. All right. Well, I mean, it's irrelevant. But anyhow, we did a, a Who's Your Batman. This episode, we're doing Who's Your Superman. Okay. There are a couple of artists. A couple of artists. Wow, I'm still on the music. Um, there's a couple of actors that we never saw play Superman that we couldn't watch anything by because it's not streaming. So I'm going to mention them. And, and but they're not going to make our rankings because we never saw them. Okay. One being uh, Kirk Al- Allen, and um, the other being George Reeves. Now George Reeves was the Batman in the fifties. Sorry, yeah, the we... su- the Superman in the fifties. The for the uh, for uh, in, I believe it was in color and in black and white because there's a change over there in the fifties. I believe where they did they had both. But he did over 100 episodes. They were all a half hour. And um, it's the main thing that he was known for. He had a, he had trouble doing other roles because he, it, a very early version of being typecast. Yeah. Um, so we won't talk about them too because we didn't see them to play Superman. Yeah. So they won't make our list. But I wanted to mention them because they did play Superman and, and that's who we're, you know, that's what we're talking about. So I'm going to throw out a name. And then we'll go back and forth, and then we can say yay or nay where they might rank okay. on our list. I will just have a caveat intro that I am not a Superman fan. <laughs> I think Superman is like the dorkiest Boy Scout ever. He He's just so annoying. He's just like, <laughs> oh, I can't stand it. I'm a Batman girl through and through. Give me vengeance. Give me vigilante. Do all that stuff. Superman is just like. He's such a dork, like whether he's Clark in the glasses or flying through the sky, like I just, and I, it's so hard for me. And Steven has sent me the whole thing that, you know, people see the way you present yourself and people don't see everything about you in every situation, which is why people think Clark Kent has glasses and Superman doesn't. And no one knows he's the same person because of the way he like presents himself. I can't, I can't with that because it's the same person. It's so funny. So, like, if I dyed my hair, no one would know it was me anymore. It's it's not that. It's just he doesn't he doesn't act like Superman at all. I know he's clumsy. I, he's I know. klutzy, and everybody goes. They see the clumsiness, and they go, "Oh, there's no way Clark could be that." And I, uh, Lois always knows, but I al- she figures it out. I yeah. always I also think like, um, oh crap, where was I going with that? I don't remember. But I don't, I just, I'm not a huge Superman fan. I never have been. I've, it's always been, 
it's always been very boring for me. So uh, this will be a fun statement for me to say, because I can see her, her face when I say this. All, all of you, I apologize. So hopefully she'll react vocally. Um, Nicholas Cage is dead last on my list. He shouldn't even be on there. He was in The Flash for 10 seconds. But he had a movie that just got, it, it think, didn't get made. It thankfully got canceled. it got canceled. Because if that's what he was going to look like as Superman, he looked horrific. And he's Nicholas Cage. He's not Superman. Sorry. The thing, Nicholas Cage is not that. Part of the inspiration for the long-haired Superman was in the comics. After the death of Superman, when he came back, he had long black hair. And he had long hair for a while until they finally cut that off like a year or so later. Um, but the script for that movie, you can go watch An Evening with Kevin Smith. Uh, I believe it's the second one where he answers the question in great detail of how he wrote the script for that movie. Yes, you've told um, me. I think you've told that story on here. I might have to- told a brief version of it. But His version is like a good 15 or 20 minute story. He's long-winded story. like you. Yes. If you so, guys had a quick convo, it'd be three days long. So Nicolas Cage is dead last on my list. Next on the list, I would put Dean Cain. Oh, I forgot about that show. Super uh, Lois and Clark. The Adventures of Lois and Clark. Yeah. I would also put uh, Terry Hatcher uh, last on my uh, Lois list. I think she was good, but I don't think she was just like amazing. Okay. I, you know, I mean, she was she was attractive, and as a, as an adolescent kid, I was like, "Ooh, Terry Hatcher's attractive," but like, I I didn't I don't look back and go, "Oh wow, she was a great Lois." It was Lane. a different kind of Superman show, though. It was very. It, it was yeah. not, yeah. But it was a Superman show, though. Back in the back a long time ago, yeah. Like in the what early. It would have been the 90s. The 90s? Okay, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Um, Brandon Routh. So, you guys, you know I have an attention span like a toddler. And <laughs> if you guys recall when we did the Indiana Jones, he, like, we had both seen Temple of Doom before, and that movie is god-awful. Oof, and he rough. let us stop it. Yep. So, we were, Superman Returns with Brandon Routh is, who I know from One Life to Live, was about two and a half hours long, which I was like, oh, that's something. All right, let's press play. <laughs> in about an, about an hour in, I literally was like, I hate this movie. <laughs> Nothing is happening. Never did I ever think I would long for Zack Snyder's slow-mo scenes over the just dead air scenes in this movie. There, there are scenes that last at least like seven seconds where the the people have finished the conversation and they're just standing there. There's basically no score in the background. There's just dead scenes yep. all throughout the movie. And there are scenes that are at least 30 seconds to a minute too long that yep. have all this. De- and I'm like, I was like dying. I was like, I don't know if I can make it. The plot was stupid too. Yep. There was a bunch of stuff that happened that I was like, this is stupid. Kate Bosworth was Lois Lane. Wasn't getting any kind of good vibe off Actually, that. Actually, I would say she's worse than Terry Hatcher. Yeah. Yeah. I got no good vibe off that situation. I'm like, nothing. I hate everything about this movie. And I felt like Superman was barely in it. Like, I felt like the character of Brandon Routh in that first hour I saw, like, he said maybe five sentences in an hour into the movie. The thing about this movie... L- let me finish. Steven looked at me and said, okay... I'm not going to do this. I don't do this often, but if you want me to pick a different movie, I will. And I said, yes, please. Yeah. Because we, and we never finished it. He told me how it ends. I was all set. Yeah. Cause I, I saw that movie in the theater. Um, for me, I like two scenes in that movie. One, the, the guy who shoots the bullet and it hits Superman in the eyeball. It's a cool scene. And it break, you know, it like squishes up and then falls to the ground. That's a really cool scene. That was in the trailer. The other cool scene is is when uh, Lois is on the airplane and it's he goes up there to uh, like one of the engine fails and he goes up there to save the plane and save the space shuttle yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And he ends up landing it on a baseball field. Yeah, that scene is so it holds up. Out of all the things in the movie, yeah, that scene holds up. That was it's cool. so good. And I liked one of the lines after that. They were the Perry, the editor of the Daily Planet was like yelling out like article topics. And he's like, you cover this, you cover this, you cover. How the heck are they going to get that plane out of the stadium? And I was like, well, that's an interesting question. Yep. But yep. so that movie, 
you know, definitely, definitely the worst of Superman movies. The Richard Donner Supermans, they made it in the vein of that. And there's a weird thing in the Richard Donner Superman where Lois Lane doesn't know how to spell. Yes. She's a reporter and she doesn't know how to spell. She was like, the Kate Bosmerth one was like, how many F's are in apostrophe? Zero. Go back to journalism school. Like, I'm sorry, but how can Lois Lane not know how to spell? She's a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. Yeah. But she walks around the office like, how do you spell illusion? How do you spell something? Yeah. It's just like, yeah, it That's was weird. just so dumb. Yeah, it was rough. Um, next up on my list is Tom Welling. Yeah. He I mean, didn't technically like play so far Superman. We're in the same we're in the same like lane. That he didn't play Superman until literally the last minute of Smallville, but he played Clark Kent trying to be learning how to be Superman for eleven seasons and and without Smallville it, 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 this this is a, a truth. Without Smallville, you don't have the MCU. You don't get any of the Snyderverse. You don't get the Arrowverse that was on CW. You don't get any of that stuff without Smallville. Yeah. Smallville broke the ground for our generation for upping the ante on special effects on a superhero show being on television. I never, I saw bits and pieces. I never watched it. My I, best friend watched it. She would tape it on a VHS every week. I liked it, but unfortunately it, it went about four seasons too long it happens. and it got rough. Now I will say this much. My favorite, uh, boy, yeah. My favorite Lex Luthor is Michael Rosenbaum. Hmm. And he was Lex Luthor in, in Smallville. Okay. I, he was, I mean, he inches out Gene Hackman by by g- centimeters. I you were going to say Gene Hackman was your favorite. Gene Hackman is is amazing, but Michael Rosenbaum once again, he got to do it for like yeah. eight, he, he, I think he was on the show for like 9 or 10 seasons. Yeah. He got to do it for a very very long time. Yeah. So I I, I yeah, I, I I like him a lot more as Lex Luthor than I do anybody else. Um so and then Gene, Gene Hackman very close three behind. Three left. We have three left, and we will not. I'm sure we won't agree on on who we have as uh, as our number one. So, who do you have as your number three out of the three that are left? Um, we have Christopher Reeve, we have Henry Cavill, and we have Tyler Ho- Hoechlin. I would say Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill, number three on your yeah. list. Why? Um, I mean, he's good. He's really good as Clark Kent. I think. Um. But I also hated those movies. Yeah. I hated them. I thought they were awful. So it's really hard for me. It's really hard for me to separate like, oh, it was a really good performance in an awful movie or an awful performance in a really good movie. It taints the whole thing for me. So I like him as Superman. But also at the end of the day, you have to be a good Superman for me because I don't like Superman. And I just feel like he's so cheesy. For for me with Henry Cavill, Man of Steel, his first appearance as Superman, is the best Superman movie that there is. I think Zack Snyder, it's the only movie that he hit on all cylinders and did well. I liked everything about it. He played very well to the comic book lore. Um, he did a little bit, uh, he changed a little bit of it for the yeah. movie to Hollywoodize it a little bit. And, and I'm cool with that. I was fine with that. Um and I think that Henry Cavill presented so much potential as both Clark and Superman. He looks like Superman. Yeah, he does. He's, um, I mean, like he has the look. He's got the jawline. What number is he for you? For me, he's number two. Okay, so who's number three for you? Um, number number three for me is Christopher Reeve. Oh, really? Which is crazy to say. I know. Um, I grew up on Christopher Reeve being Superman. I and and I love him being Superman and Clark Kent. I do. But he doesn't edge me out because as much as I uh, as I as much as I respect Richard Donner, I think Man of Steel is a better movie. Well, you than than the first we Superman didn't movie. Say what movie we like better. No, we we're talking about. I so, I think I think that I think that Superman two with Christopher Reeve is a great movie. But I also think that Richard Donner, he also did the dumb thing where Superman. Goes around the world to spin the world backwards to reverse time so that people forget yeah. things, and that kind of kills it for me. As, well, so at this like, point in my life, so that, like, that takes me. How out of I'm it. saying I don't like Superman overall, and I'm not a big fan of Zack Snyder's stuff. That 
takes me out of it. I will say Christopher Reeve is my number one. Oh. He's my number one because, yeah, because I find Superman to be kind of dorky and campy. And I feel like that works better for a movie from like the 80s that where they made movies that were like that. Yeah. For me, Superman doesn't fit anywhere in today's like superhero stuff. He Mm. just doesn't fit for me. I just I don't like that character. There's just something about it that's just so it's just so dorky and campy and like when they try to make him like more than that it doesn't work unless you want to go in the full other direction and give me my little boy from brightburn i loved that so um i'll talk about that here in a second um so you so what's your number two then my number two is henry Henry, and so your number one is my number one is tyler hoakland Tyler Hoechlin plays... I would feel like is probably the least known. He's probably the least known for those of you that don't watch Superman and Lois on the CW. I highly recommend getting on Netflix and watching Superman and Lois. It's not connected to anything. It's its own show. Um, The thing that you get out of this show that the other actors have not had the chance to do, and that is ground Superman and Clark Kent at the same time. He'd be my number two. I've seen multiple episodes of the show, and the one thing I like about it is there is a lot of heart, and there is a lot of, like, you don't get to see a lot of, like, Clark's humanity and day-to-day life in these movies that you get to see on this show. Like, and you get to see more of, like, the superhero and personal life balance. Yes. And I think it fleshes out more of Clark as a person and not in that nerdy reporter way that Christopher Reeve is, but in like as a person, as a husband, as a father. Yeah. Uh, with against being Superman as well. So I look at I look at these three guys playing Superman the same way I look at the three guys that play Spider-Man. Christopher Reeve and Tobey Maguire are the nerdy the nerdy yeah like early age version of their character. And while they're number three on my list, like that's it's that number gap is not a huge gap. Right. I mean, you have, there's three of them. You have to put them in order. That doesn't mean there's a big chasm between it. Yes. And for me, Henry Cavill and Tom Holland are on the same at number two. I think that Henry Cavill will always be looked at as lost potential of what if. And well, I will sure. always look at him that way because that first movie, when you watch that first movie, there's so much hope for what that character and story could be. Um, and he yeah. just does such a good job, man. I, I, I think he does a good good job at both. But I think Tyler Hoechlin and Andrew Garfield brought humanity to their characters in a way that nobody else has ever done. I will say um, Andrew. Oh my God. What's his name? Andrew Garfield. Gar- Andrew Garfield's my favorite Spider-Man. Yes. And it, for me, Tyler. And Hope if I went, have to see trilogies, I'm aggravated that it's with not with my favorite Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Hoechlin, Superman and Lois. They ground him in such a way. He's a dad. He's got two boys. One's got powers. The other one doesn't. Yeah. You have that dynamic, how he, how he, they deal with parenting. They deal with how he deals with each one of them, one having powers and the other one not having powers and the acting out and being teenagers. Um, and, and we, the lowest lane on the show, I need to look her up. I need yeah, to, she's I good. need to, she is phenomenal. Yeah, she's good. She's, she plays that character really well too. She the brings, lowest part, the professionalism, the like passion for her job and for her family. Like what I like about that show is a, we were talking about this the other day. It's just a different look at at Lois and Superman. It's just a different you see them more you see more of the Clark and Lois than you do the Superman on that show. Elizabeth Tullock. She is amazing. This last season, season three the two of them, the chemistry on screen, the scenes they had, I'm, I mean, I'm telling you, like, rip your heart out of your chest. Yeah. Absolutely amazing what these two people did with these characters that I've never seen in the movies. Because granted, in the movies, they don't get that kind yep. of time. Exactly. Um. So, yeah, there's that. Amy Adams is fantastic as Lois yeah, Lane. Yeah, she's good. 
Yeah. Um, I I would put her at a close number. Yeah. Number. I would probably put her at three. I, I would, like Margot Kidder because she's spunky, and that takes me to my late 80s Superman set in the 60s. Margot Kidder is my favorite uh, Lois. She's my favorite Lois. Yeah. She's the, Absolutely. I feel like she's the spunkiest. She's like the most no-nonsense. That's why it makes me so mad that Richard Donner made her that she couldn't spell. Yep. Because it doesn't, there's no way that she couldn't spell. Yep. That's the only thing that's weird about her is that she can't spell, but she does not take no nonsense. Yeah. She figures it out on her own that he's Superman. She doesn't need any help doing yep. it. Um, And she doesn't need somebody telling her that she can't do something. She's very like, I'm. I'm I'm doing this. Yeah. Get out of my way. I agree. She's um, my favorite too, which I like. Um, and I will say that Amy Adams got a got to do that as well because her character at one point looks at Perry White and was like, "I have to take the helicopter to Gotham in one of the movies for the Snyderverse." She's like, "I'm I'm going up, like I'm I'm doing this. Yeah, get out of my way." And and I like that about that character of which you know, right from wrong, this has got to be done. This is what happens. So I like that. Cool. Um. All right. That sounds good. Let us know who's your favorite Superman, if you have one. If you have one. Um, I'm trying to think. Was there, because we mentioned, we mentioned all the Loises. We mentioned, uh, oh, we didn't mention Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. Yeah. Luthor, however you want to uh, say that particularly. Yeah, he was good. He was good. Uh, I still think uh, the best two Lexes are definitely Michael Rosenbaum and Gene and Hackman. Gene Hackman. Yeah. And Gene Hackman. He was good. Gene Hackman was just an amazing actor. And for the movies, there's nobody that holds a candle to him in the movies. It's just Michael Rosenbaum, once again, he got more time. That's I think yeah. that's why, the for me, the characters that are on TV end up, ha- the actors that are on TV end up having the number one spot for me outside of Margot because... It makes sense. Because they, they flesh get, it out more. They get more time. And when you have more time to flesh those characters out, man, it it's... Man, it's so much more fun. But I highly recommend Man of Steel, Superman and Lois, Superman 2 for Christopher Reeve. Um, and then I would say for uh <laughs> I would say for the other Supermans, I, I, I wouldn't uh outside of Smallville, I wouldn't venture in to any of the other uh Supermans. I I, I wouldn't go for Superman Returns. Don't don't no, do don't it. Watch it. Don't do stupid. it. Don't do Superman three, don't do Superman four. Yeah. Um no good. I, like I said, I don't know about Kirk Allen or George Reeves. I'd like to see their stuff, so I will try to see it and uh, watch The Flash to see Nicolas Cage. Or don't. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of time, we don't have any more. So I also want to point out again that September is Suicide Prevention Month. As you know, we are big proponents of mental health and supportive of people getting help when they need it. So 988 to text for help, National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK, T-A-L-K, or www.suicidepreventionlifeline.org. What she said, yes. Yes. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, WordPress, if we can just say 918 at gmail.com. Like, listen, subscribe, leave some feedback, leave a review. We enjoy talking to you guys. I hope you enjoy listening to us. Please interact with us. We would love it. Yep. Uh, let us know what your favorite super, who your favorite Superman, Lois, and uh, Lex Luthor are. And also, if you know where to uh, stream the other uh, folks like George Reeves' Superman, if you know of a place that might have it, uh, hook us up. Let us cool. know. Cool. I believe that's all we can say this week. Bye, y'all. Sound chicken. Yep. Sound chicken. Is that it right now? Sound chicken. I'm not sure what a sound chicken is, but testing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Sound check. Check. Sound chicken. Check. All right. That's plenty.